0: This production contains material of a sensitive nature, including descriptions of abuse and other forms of violence which may be triggering for some individuals. What do we do when we don't know what to do? Where do we turn when we don't know where to turn? When the unimaginable occurs, how do we begin to imagine a future for ourselves or those we love? On the 14th of March, 2017, Felicia Marshall's daughter, Lexi B., was stalked and murdered. Out of the ashes of that devastating experience, Felicia has grown a beautiful work of loving, serving, and caring for families with similar experience of trauma and tragedy. This is the story of a mother's love, the story of how a broken heart became a generous heart brimming with compassion for others facing loss and grief. The story of how our deepest, most painful wounds can become gifts of healing and wholeness for the world. This is Grant Me Justice. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Great. Last time we were together, we talked a good bit about who you are And what Grant Me Justice is and how that's changed over time, how it's kind of grown and evolved um, from that initial seed of wanting to really give people a space to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the questions I asked you um, about that was why it was important to you, why it is important to you not only to be with the families and hear their stories, but to record their stories and to Kind of give them more of a public platform with the videography and the podcasting mm-hmm. um, and so it occurred to me i might just ask you uh, that question about kind of why we're here why it's you so you you have the organization grant me justice and you're meeting families where they are and they're calling you on the phone and you're having meetings um, and providing all these other services and mm-hmm. if you missed the first episode you can go there for the details, um, and you have written a book that kind of tells your story. So I'm just curious if you wanted to say anything about um, why it's important to you to to take this step and have a podcast
1: as well. Well, I I, I don't think I would be doing any of this on my own when I, when I really think about. Mm-hmm. Um, All of the things that Grant Me Justice is, the book, the organization, the podcast, all of the things that it is, uh, I don't think I would in my perfect life would have been doing this. I think the only reason why I'm doing this is because I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. Mm And um, my desire is, of course, to be obedient, you know, Mm. Um, I don't think even when, you know, when I think about writing the book and I talk about this in the book that never in a million years would I thought I would have been writing a book. I did not think that I had the educational background, nor did I think I had the skills Mm. uh, to write a book. Didn't think my life really mattered enough to be putting on the pages of a book. And so, um... All of this that's happening is, and I say this all the time, this is God's eyes saying, all of the parts and pieces that grant me justice is, has all been from God's leading. And even with just as simple as our meeting and, Mm -hmm. you know, you being a part of it, uh, being a part of the book and part of uh, the the transition from telling, initially just telling stories, into even to to the book, to the podcast, you know, I, I can't take credit for. I really can't take any credit for that.
0: So you mentioned my part in it, and I, I probably should ask myself the question, but I'll ask you, and maybe I'll jump in because um, I ask myself this all the time, which is, how did I get him? How did I get involved in this? What am I doing here? What do I have to contribute? So.
1: Um, you want to talk a little bit about where I commended into this process? Oh, absolutely! Because um, Paul was given to me. You were given to me. A name was given to me. That um, once I started writing the book, that you know, you would be a great person to kind of help and guide me along the way. And so I was super excited. Sent my manuscript to Paul. Didn't hear a word. <laughs> I'm like what in the world? <laughs> and so I felt, uh, I really, did, I felt like it was really bad uh, because you never responded initially. And then, um, but once you did respond, you did tell me that it was a good book and you were uh, willing to be a part of it. And we've been like uh, two peas in a pod ever since. And um, just as you have really been a vital part of getting the book out of my head and my heart onto its pages. Because um, I would write, and we would talk, and you would make notes, and I would write, and we would talk, and you would you would uh, uh, make notes. And so you have been a vital part of um, Grant Me Justice, the book, and the organization. Um, and when I think about all of the pieces and all of the people that have carried grant me justice on its back since day one i feel like i can call you a friend and so the reason why you are here is because god sent you my my way and um you were able to see um probably what i did not see in grant Me justice and uh because of your support and You guided me along the way. I mean, we met every Friday for a couple of years. And and we've celebrated, you know, whenever there were um, things that happened in regards to the book. We celebrate together. So uh, that's how you got here. That's,
0: yes, that's that's how I got here. Do you remember the, so I should say um, there's a a book I really love uh, about, he's a psychologist named Francis Weller, and he talks about his mentor. The first time they met his mentor, invites him into the office, and they're kind of just getting to know each other. And at one point, the mentor kind of stops abruptly, and he points to this rock, this kind of big rock he has sitting on his desk. And he says, you see that rock? He says, yeah, I see that rock. He says, "Um, I want you to know that's my only calendar and my only clock, and you he, say he moves in like slow geological time. Mm. So um, I probably it would have probably been helpful for you to have known that about me. <laughs> uh, I may not be the first to arrive, but I'll probably be the last. Mm. Um, I don't I, I it's not something I boast of or am proud of, but I, mm. I tend to uh, do things in slow. I wouldn't say slow methodical, but it's not necessarily methodical, mm. uh, a slow way. So there was no reflection on the quality of your work. It was just <laughs> the time it took. Do you remember what I said to you the first time we met? I think it was the first really substantial question I asked about the book. No. So
1: I asked,
0: I kind of framed it. I have a a good friend who's an architect, and he's helped us with some projects. Um, And I said, you know, when I go into a house, like if we're looking to buy a house, um, I just, either I like it or I don't, and that's about all I can say. But my friend who's an architect um, goes into a house and he sees all the potential, but mm-hmm. sometimes that potential requires um, doing a lot of things that would appear to be destructive on the front end. You got to take a wall out, and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, raise the roof here, and you have mm-hmm. to do this and that, and maybe rip that floor out. Um, and that's how I think about. That's how I've been. I've been trained and trained myself to think about narrative mm-hmm. and just writing in general. Um, that's my background is, is professionally, is in writing. So the first question I asked was, uh, I kind of gave you that analogy and said, are you looking to just kind of put some paint on the walls or do you want to do a full re- remodel? Mm-hmm. And you said, um, I want to make this the, as good as it can possibly be mm-hmm. so that it can be have the greatest impact and reach the most people. Mm-hmm. And... I completely agreed. I wouldn't have been there if I hadn't believed in the value of the story um, and the need to get that out there. Mm-hmm. So, so that was kind of how, yeah. how we initially connected. And even for all that and, and for my often painful experience with home renovations, I don't think either of us had any idea how long that process was going to take. You mentioned those Fridays, my my Fridays with Felicia, um, not Tuesdays with Maury, but Fridays with Felicia, um, that went on. I think we, I think this next month, this is July. Um, I think next month will be two full years. So thank you for trusting me, and thank you for being patient with my. <laughs> Um, my my geological rock time As, um is there anything else you want to say about the process?
1: Um, I never thought it would take this long, mm-hmm. and um part of writing the book. Um, the the goal initially was to write Lexi's story mm-hmm. and uh, talk about her life and the criminal justice system and my experience in that. But then I realized that I couldn't really tell Lexi's story unless I told my own, mm-hmm. and then that took me back to uh, my growing up and and uh, my days with my grandparents and uh, my life with my mom and my dad and and um, that that took. Um, it was emotionally grueling some days. Some days it was, you know, I could write and it was happy times because I was talking about good good things. Hmm. And then there were days that Um, I could only write a little bit and I would have to put it down and not go back for a few days because it was, it would take so much out of me. And I think I was visiting places that I did not want to want to visit. And um, so, and I had seen people. You know, publish books and, you know, one after another. So, like, how in the world did they do that? Hmm. Um, but I did uh, my goal for Grammy Justice. I wanted Grammy Justice to not just, I just didn't want to have bragging rights as an author. I wanted to be able. I wanted this book to be read. I I wanted people to um, desire it, want it, want it it enough to go and buy it. And I wanted people to gain something from it. And um, probably on the the forefront of that is I wanted God to be glorified and I wanted Lex's story to be told. Mm. So all of that was what grant me justice, the book. Uh, was and my desire for it. I didn't just want to just write a book. I wanted it to be well written. I wanted it to, I wanted people to vet it before I put it published. I wanted it to be, I wanted the grammar to be correct, you know, all of those things. I wanted it to have my personality that was important to me for you know, even if an editor edited something out, I wanted them. I wanted my personality. I wanted my words, my heart on paper, and that was important to me for *Grant Me Justice* the book. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, there, that that journey has been <laughs> wild and and just every the whole spectrum of emotions for me and mm-hmm. and as I've experienced it, uh, kind of very close but secondhand, of course, um, working editorially and and, and um, like you said just um you're you're an excellent writer but you're a better talker a mm-hmm. better storyteller uh is how i would describe it so often you would get to tell and i'm just typing as fast <laughs> as i can take it in and and um and and trying to get that down and then shape it and mm-hmm. so as we work together to shape it so mm-hmm. i feel um really good about how that's taken shape um as you said you have that the kind of main story, which we alluded to, and we'll get into, mm-hmm. um, of you know Lexi's murder and how that kind of flows forward. But then, the question that keeps this sort of haunting throughout the book is: How do we get here? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how did how did I get here? How did we, as a family, get here? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, as a society, get here, where this, um, as, as Grant Me Justice is serving family after family. Um, dealing with the same, at least in the at the in the at the macro level, the same death by gun violence again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you just could take us into. You said, uh, and we you know we laughed, we cried, and we you know, everything in between. I think I think sometimes we were it, there were certainly frustrations and mm-hmm. things involved. Um, I wonder if you could talk about one. Uh, and we can get into more of this down the line but one e- example uh, is the word why can't i think this morning one example of maybe an episode or a part of the book that was really difficult and grueling to write and one uh, from the history from the back kind of the backstory, story and one that was just really fun and playful and and a delight to work on
1: um Probably the most difficult part was um writing um, Lexi's murder mm-hmm. um, let
0: me pause you i, I want we're gonna really drill down on that so i'm t- I'm specifically talking about when you you kind of pivot in chapter three to talking about your own oh, my your, own your life. history and your
1: life um prior to Lexi and that story so okay um probably then the next um most difficult part was uh, reliving or telling the or rethinking about because some parts of it I didn't really include the, mm-hmm. the details of the molestation uh, mm-hmm. beginning at age nine up until fifteen age fifteen and so. I told it, but I didn't give the details Mm -hmm. of it. And um, just remembering um, that and going back to my nine-year-old self and remembering what that felt like was was hard. Mm -hmm. Um, That and uh, my parents' um, relationship, and they had a very abusive relationship, going back and reliving... um, what my life was as a five, six-year-old um, child living in a world of abuse. Um, that was hard. That was that was really, really hard. Um, it was difficult for me to remember the details of it, but it was also, you know, I know that that had to be a part of my story. And, um, although it was difficult, then there were times after I like look back and said, like, you know, the Lord had to have been with me yeah. even then when I didn't even recognize him as God, he had to have been with me even then because I would get on my knees and pray. I didn't know how to pray, but I would get on my knees and pray. So, even at that age and going through all of the things that I was going through, when I look back over it, you know, I recognized that God was, um, you know, electing me. Mm-hmm. I had been elected um, even before I was born. And recognizing that, Um, As I look back over my life and I look at all of the ways God has shown himself to be God in my life, um, although it was difficult to write and and relive it, Today, you know, I can look back at it as that just being part of my story, and the good things that I was able to laugh about was. Let me. I'm I'm going to interject one more time.
0: I want to. I want to ask a follow up question before we go into the good things. Um, You you allude to the fact that that was important for you to include that, Um, and I'm I'm curious. It's different. I mean, it makes perfect sense why that would be painful and difficult and even as you describe it impossible without the sort of spiritual supernatural help mm-hmm. um, that you kind of this power that you received um, that kind of helps you fortifies you to write those really painful memories. Um, and you, you say it's important, but you didn't really get into why. And, and this may be an unanswerable question, but I am curious how you'd wrestle with that. Um, why is it, as painful as it was, why do you think it was important to include that and why um, why go through that pain to relive those um, traumatic experiences?
1: It's still my truth, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think it's important for people to know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think if they know who I am, then they're able to know a little bit about who Lexi is mm-hmm. and was. Um, even though um, there were some things that I did not clue, even in my telling my truth, I still was careful uh, because I never wanted to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. Even though it's my truth and there's some ugliness in my truth, I still wanted to uh, protect Mm -hmm. uh, my daddy and protect my mom and protect, you know, the people that were responsible for doing uh, the things that hurt me the worst is still my story, and it was important for me to put that in there so that they can see how my story, um, from my story, goes into Lexi's story. It's like a journey from my story all the way into hers. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I think, um, just as a, as a teaser for the book itself, um, that you really do a masterful job of striking that balance of naming what happened and the truth of it, without um, sort of going into kind of gratuitous detail, and, and, and that would be unnecessary. Um, but but to, but as a part of your story, as a, as a you know events that happen that are part of your formation, that also I think. Um, and I don't want to overstate this, but inform how you mothered, you know, your children, and and and, and so on. So, um, I guess that's another uh, question, and, and maybe we can leave it here. But I, but I am curious um, what you what you might say about that that connection, how that that part of you, those parts of your story that were so painful and difficult. First, to live and then to relive in the form of telling the story, writing the story, uh, connect with
1: the story of Lexi's murder. Well, what I, you know, I don't think I had put it all together initially, Mm. (laughs) but, you know, violence Mm. has been a common thread in my family for generations. And uh, once looking at it, and even, you know, the part where we look at the um, the fact that my, my grandmother and the, and the suitcase and the quilt and the gun um, symbolizes some things that were also in Lex's life. And I think what the book allowed me to do was to trace um, not only God in my life, but trace some of the tragedies and violence in my life. The same type of violence um, that had plagued my family was the violence that plagued her. Mm. And um, and although it was it was hard to navigate, it is still our truth. Yeah. And can I just say this too? Um, And I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about you and the book. Um, When we started writing the book, one of the things that um, let me know that you were here for the right reason um, was the fact that you were invested. And what I mean by invested is... There were times when you cried with me, or you cried uh, when certain parts of my life that because it it was my life, I just lived it. You know, I I never thought anything about my life. Mm. Um, I just adjusted whenever there was, and I talk about that a lot in the book of adjusting. In my life, I just adjusted. So I didn't think it mattered to anybody. But when you were able to read my story, read my book, talk to me about my history, and and my life, and you felt it, that meant to me that you were in it. And I, what I mean by in it was that you were um, invested in a way spiritually, and now you know all the ways that you've been invested in this project. Um, that you weren't just here, just to be. And then you know when we look at it. You know, for those that that won't be able to see this by video, um, I am an African-American woman. You are a Caucasian man that has uh, been fully invested in this project. And that meant a lot to me. A lot to me because I have not had African-American people Mm. um, that have been invested in this project. And I just, um, you know... I wanted to publicly say that you have done a lot for me and I appreciate that and I don't know how you're going to cut that and put that in the thing, but it is what it is so we can move on to geographics. Okay. Well, yeah,
0: thank you for, thank you for Mm. affirming that I, Mm. um, yeah, certainly that matters. I mean, it matters who we are, right? Mm. We, the, the sort of, I think I grew up in the. 80s and 90s uh, came of age, and uh, there was a lot of talk about color blindness. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I heard I've heard many different people say this in different ways. But um, I really like uh, Jared the poet Jericho Brown, in an interview um, talks about the importance of seeing color. He says, if you don't see, he's, he's African American. If you mm-hmm. don't know, um, if you don't see my color my blackness you don't see me right mm-hmm. the color blindness is kind of this mm-hmm. um why so so I, I think it does matter um it's not nothing but it's not everything mm-hmm. and i think that's the sort of the lie is it has to either be everything or nothing at all mm-hmm. so somewhere in the middle um, we can be who we are and be formed by that but also um come together as human beings made in God's image yeah. and um, see that our, our differences uh, and uniquenesses make us kind of need each other and, and, and so,
1: anyway, I'll... So I need me. to pose a question. You need to okay. I'll. Okay, my question is why? Why? Why grant me justice?
0: the reasons are complex Um, I've already answered the professional from the professional side already addressed that um, when we kind of talked about how the manuscript for the book came into my hands Mm -hmm. Um, and there are all sorts of reasons for all sorts of reasons the story matters to me and is important to me in a way that makes me want to do whatever I can to promote it to make it accessible to readers and now audience listeners uh, at this level. I think on the personal level uh, the most direct answer I can give is that we had a, a similar experience. Um, a young man was shot and killed in our neighbor's driveway, uh, directly across the street from our house. Um, this happened five years ago yesterday. As a matter of fact, on July 13th, 2018, um, a summer evening we we were we had been to the community pool and we were having dinner i was still in my swim trunk so I, had, I had it with you know, put a shirt on but we were having dinner and um, we heard a loud gunshot uh, gunshots are loud but it sounded very loud and close um we thought maybe it was fireworks at first but then we heard what sounded like distress cries mm-hmm. and i just said i'm gonna go see what's going on so i stepped out and saw um four sort of older teenagers, young adults scattered around the, the neighbor's yard and the surrounding yards. Um, they kind of dispersed. And then I looked over, I can remember, there's a white Pontiac park there and I didn't see, all I saw was, um, a red streak, a line of blood down the side of the car. And then I kind of followed that and there was a young man on the ground. And, mm-hmm. um, I was the first, you know, I guess, person who was not involved in the event, the, the incident who was over. And, um, began a minister in first aid and was doing that when the young man died um, so that's obviously a traumatic experience, nowhere on the level of losing a child, but it was very close and, and affected us in all sorts of ways. Um, it's kind of a, a again i don't want to compare at all the, the traumas, um, but it did have a deep impact on my life, so you've told the story of how The experience of Lexi's murder and and navigating the criminal system led to the formation of the organization Grant Me Justice. Um, In my experience, one of the first uh, really memorable, meaningful things that happened, uh, this happened on a Friday evening. We spent Saturday just kind of processing, trying to um, and then, on Sunday morning, we went to church and uh you know the people knew what had happened. Mm-hmm. One of the elders of the church um, pulled me aside and asked how it was doing and of course i said i'm not not doing very well what do you, you know and he his the only comment he said he made was um, it 's a lot easier to buy a handgun in this town than a fresh tomato in most parts of this city mm-hmm. um, and something about that kind of contrast really got to me. And uh, so you, fa- you formed Grant Me Justice. We, uh, together with a couple other families, formed a community garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mostly a symbolic gesture, you know, where, mm-hmm. but but to try to be part of the solution. So I, I feel like there's a parallel there. Um, and so when I began to read your story, I began to feel all these resonances with um kind of our story and how that's affected us as a family. Um, I think a lot these days about food justice and um, what that means. So Jackson is simultaneously, uh, you know, has one of the highest murder rates in the country, uh, also in the world and it also is considered a food desert mm-hmm. um, and and also a food swap which those are technical terms but the swap part refers to the availability of really unhealthy processed foods such as you'd find in a convenience store a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. and the food desert part um refers to a scarcity of you know a low availability of fresh produce healthy foods um so Anyway, that's a that's a big part of my story is is getting in, involved in growing food and helping other people grow food, which has nothing not necessarily have anything to do with grant me justice. But again, i just felt like um, the fact that this very devastating experience led you to do something beautiful and. Nurturing um, was similar to what we we're at least trying to do. Um, and so I, I just, and, and for all sorts of reasons, I believe in the work of Grant Me Justice and um, feel like there's some overlaps. In fact, we've talked about, we hadn't actually put our, put our heads together on that. Maybe we have to get the book out there first. But we've talked about maybe doing some, using the garden space to do some Grant Me Justice work, um, mm-hmm. either doing memorials, memorial gardens or artwork or held in vigils and things like that. So there are probably a lot of other ways I could answer that, but that's the I think that's the best best I can do for now.
1: And I don't think we we talked about it initially. I, yeah. I know we've talked about it in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think I knew that story on the front end. Yeah. Um and we probably talked about it you know, during our Mm -hmm. conversations, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know the impact that it had on you and your family. Mm -hmm. And um, a matter of fact, your wife uh, came to the office uh, one day and just gave me a big hug and told me, thank you for the work Mm -hmm. uh, that Grammy Justice is doing. And so I appreciate, appreciate y'all. Um, so um, at the beginning of our conversation, you asked me about the hard stuff, the writing about, and um, and then you asked the, the next question, was what are some of the fun things yeah. um, that I had. Yeah, what was something writing? that was easy, fun, enjoyable to write about? The easy part was talking about my grandparents and my grandmother, uh, who had such a huge impact on my life. Um, uh, being on the farm, uh, the safe space for us um, of being on the farm, growing the vegetables, mm-hmm. going to the cucumber vat, um, and thinking about my my cousins and us being on the farm. Uh, those That part, that chapter, um, and t- thinking about my grandmother going to town and hitting the numbers and all of the things that my grandmother did. Um, how my grandmother talked about busting the corn on our bags. That was, um, the easiest part to write and that was the part that gave me a lot of joy. I had one editor that wanted me to take part of my grandmother's story out Mm -hmm. and I refused to take it out. Um, uh, although it may not have offered anything in regards to the grant me justice, but for me. I, it had to be a part of the story. Mm-hmm.
0: So you mentioned... So that is almost like a, a really wonderful trailer for the book. You know, it, it, all these teasers of things like the your grandfather was just this incredible character, figure. Um, your grandmother even larger, kind mm-hmm. of has a larger presence. And, and one of the most memorable images in the book is that suitcase, which you referenced earlier. Um, and I wonder if you just... I don't. I don't know if we have time to get into the whole story, but you mentioned that that it that it there was kind of a big reveal. Nobody knew what was in the suitcase, and then after she died, um, you you were able to open it as a family. And what were the contents of the suitcase?
1: Um, I'm just going to give a brief history on the suitcase. My grandmother. Um, had gotten to the point where she had this suitcase that she would take with her everywhere. We would even take photos with the photo of the thing, you know. And so everybody in the family thought that it had to be something super valuable in this suitcase because no one knew what was in it. She would always take photos with it. With It, it was always with her wherever she went. So we assumed that it was some valuable things. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's her life
1: savings or some gold bricks yeah. or a million you know. So, um, but my grandmother was killed tragically in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will talk about my grandmother and her car, and her love for her car. I talk about that in the book as well. Um, but one of the things that everybody wanted to find out was what was in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were finally able to open the suitcase, there was uh, my grandmother's robe. She wore a white robe. It was a white robe um her bible and a gun those were the three contents of the suitcase and um the gun was a gun that my grandfather owned that had been missing for years um but my grandmother uh, was actually a black um, revolver that was in the in the suitcase and
0: your grandfather's response to seeing that was
1: <laughs> <Grandpa> said, <laughs> he said He had been looking for it for years. He had no idea where it was. But Grandmama said that he was, my grandfather was mean as a rattlesnake. And I think she probably took the gun so that um, he wouldn't, maybe she thought he was going to hurt somebody with it, but that was it.
0: So right in the middle of the story, a story that really begins with the tragic episode of gun violence right in the middle of that you have this protective grandmother who has care not, not only taken and hidden but carried on her person like that you, you there's the joke like that the the suitcase is in more pictures than the children <laughs> yeah, you know, um, because she just takes it everywhere and she never let, she's that she has Done what she could to protect her family mm-hmm. um, from that type of violence, or, or others like, yeah. to protect even the perpetrators of violence. Like if her grand, if your grandfather had shot somebody, he would have had to live with that and yeah. that. that, um, whatever the consequences. So, um, I think that's a beautiful contrast. Uh, you know, it, it to some extent it heightens and intensifies the tragic nature of Lexi's death, mm-hmm. but it also serves as a beautiful reminder. Um, And and I think, in a a way, it kind of draws a line forward to what you're doing with Grammy Justice and and offering that safety and protection where you can, so Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a good place to pause, and then we will um, reconvene uh, with really digging, drilling down into the sort of story at the center of all this, which is the story of Lexi's untimely death. Mm So join us next
1: time. Today's podcast was brought to you by Genesis Bank, whose mission is to provide thoughtful financial advice and helpful financial solutions to every customer they serve. To learn more, visit them on the web at genesis.bank.